welcome back to Travoltine Presents Easy Riders. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Mermaids. With special guest, Charlie Schumann. What up, what up, what up? I love the new intro. Hey, you know, it's just me. It's Bob Hoskins. I'm from South Dakota. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. I'm just a normal guy from South Dakota. Oh, no. That's pretty cool, right? Yes, that that was very cool. What Jeff just did right now. Yes, it's it's going to so be much. at least five episodes, Jeff, where we have to make comments on the intro. <laughs> just keep talking about it. Because ever since her hands, I like... I mean, it was your dad, so like he didn't know what we were doing prior to that. But like we had Will Angelica with us, who got to experience that, and now we got to have you. And so I'm just very excited to show off my new toy, the mixer, yes. folks. We're going on week. Uh, we're Edward Scissorhands. We did before Christmas. Yes, we did. So we're going on like week three or four with this new mixer. Mixer yes. this going is, on this is, f- fifth episode. This yeah, this is our fifth episode with the new mixer. Yeah, and nice. we're loving it. Um, I am going to shout out Jason Mathis at Sweetwater. Uh, we're not sponsored by Sweetwater Sound, but yeah, so shut shut your mouth. He, uh, <laughs> Dude, don't pay us. He's the one who you know, off, you know, gave, he didn't really give me a great deal. He charged me a retail rate, but you know. <laughs> but yeah. he was great. So thank you, Jason. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, Jason. Shout we, out, Jason. We, we really appreciate. It. Yeah. Um, welcome back to the show this week, Charlie Schumann. What's up? Who has? When's the last time you were with us? Was it Incart? Incart, I think. Right? Yes, oh, Incart. Incart. Yes. Not good. Not good. We had much better um, field this time. Yeah, for and sure. And I know, especially when we were, you know, announcing our new subject, Winona. Mm-hmm. You were very excited. I was super excited. You were very excited. You were, I think, the first person that we booked for this sh- for this series. Wow, cool. I was very um, excited. I love Winona Ryder. Yeah, so before we even start talking about the movie, I just want to know, what is your Winona like history, and why did you like Winona so much? I'm just curious. Um, She's hot. <laughs> this is fair. <laughs> this is correct information. I'm sorry. Um, Well, I feel like she was kind of for... She was like hot, but she was like for the weirdos. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I remember watching Heather's like as a preteen, and that was very like if you were a weird a weird girl, girl in quotes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like Heather's was like the 80s movie that you watched and you were like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm dark and edgy seen. and cool. I feel seen. Well, yeah. Heather and, losers watching The Breakfast Club yeah, and exactly. I got Heather's. I was yeah. like, oh, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. No, mm-hmm. it's Heather's. <laughs> um, and I had a little crush on her and then, you know, she still got it. Oh yeah. oh yeah, she's pretty much the reason I watch Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I don't really give a shit about those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them kids. Bow and Ona Ryder. Fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was very excited. Yeah. And was Mermaids your first pick, or was it kind of like? <laughs> little, well, I wanted Little Women because I figured I'd stay on the train of uh, uh, book to yes. movie adaptations. Yeah. And I usually um, like to reread Little Women around Christmas time, and I was like, mm. I'll just push my reread a little mm-hmm. later. And do a little women uh, reread. So that was my first one. But then I wanted two. And I'd never seen mermaids. And I really have wanted to see mermaids because Winona Ryder, Cher. Oh my God. What more do you want in a movie? Christina Ricci, that young. Exactly. Oh my God. Oh my God. And she's so good. Yeah. She's so funny. I fucking loved her. Like, I'm just saying, like, everyone should have known Christina Ricci was going to be like, 
yeah, a, a, like big child star. Like look at this. Like yeah. this is her first movie. Mm-hmm. It's her first she movie. Fucking killed. And she it. had it. Crushed she it right away. Fucking crushed it. So yeah. that was a movie I've been wanting to watch. I was like, okay, I'll do Little Women because I love Little Women. Well, I love the book and I have mixed yeah. feelings on the adaptation, but. You know, and then I was like, and I'll do mermaids because it's yeah. a movie I want to watch. Yeah. Now I get to talk about it with you guys. And so. it, this movie is also about some little women. <laughs> That's it <is. laughs> it's so true. Very true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I first time watcher of yes. mermaids had not read the book. Did not know this was a book to movie adaptation. Oh no, I just meant about little women. Oh right. Uh, then this is all mer- this, was it a book? Yeah, this this also yes. is a book. Oh, to movie Patty adaptation. did oh, by Patty. Yeah. So you're keeping the trend. You're keeping Whoa, the trend. Okay, you're I'm gonna have to read the, the book after now. I haven't read the book. Cool. Yeah, and uh, but I, oh, I'm I, excited. I went in very blind, um, and so you can imagine my surprise when there's not a lot of mermaids. No, not yeah. a lot of mermaids no. in no. this uh, in this uh, movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cop immediately that I also had the exact same thought as Stuart. I thought this movie was about mermaids. <laughs> like. <laughs> No, I did no, no research no, while before watching no this movie, mermaids. and I'm like, well, Cher obviously, like she's kind of a sea goddess by herself, so of <laughs> yes. course she would play a mermaid. Yeah, and then exactly. I and instead, I was not um, given the like the splash riff. I thought this was gonna be. I was no. given a very like heart heart warming and wrenching domestic drama. And like, what at what point did you finally accept the fact that it was never going About to be ten a mermaid? Minutes in when when Nona's like talking like. God, I hope I, I hope I don't have sexual feelings about this guy. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's no mermaids coming into this. At this point. Imagine if there had been though. After that, that would have yeah. been fun. The first shot of like the swimming swim meet, I was like, okay, maybe the leg's gonna turn into a tail. Oh yeah, like, I we'll totally see. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. I'm like, okay, maybe they're savoring it. And then it was like, I just don't. I just want to have sex with this one boy. And it's like, whoa, okay, this is not about mermaids. <laughs> this no. is not a movie about no. mermaids. Yeah. Not in the traditional sense. Because like, doesn't the poster? even kind of give you the illusion of like like even she's dressed as a mermaid and you're like oh it's like a family but also doesn't kind of give like it looks like the poster to splash yeah where it's like she's a mermaid who has to blend into the real world and yeah, I can deal with that. bob hoskins and his funny kids i can see that yeah that's not the movie no <laughs> that's not the decidedly movie. No, not, not the movie not at so all so if you came here today hoping to listen to us talk about a mermaid movie uh, I will have you go back to Sinbad Beyond the Veil of Mist, where you can suffer in hell um, like we did. Oh no! This is a movie. This is the first mo- it's the full only motion one I could think of. Right? It looks like a PlayStation One video game. Okay. And the- all the characters like move like this, and it's ninety minutes long, and I wanted to die by hour five. Wait, by minute five. Who was in this? What? Brendan, Brendan Fraser, Fraser did, did a Brendan, voice. Okay. Um, I will show you a clip from it later because okay. it is so silly. The king, who is played by Leonard Nimoy, will like walk around and be like, "He'll just tee pose through my, like a my, scene." My daughter was taken. I am so sad. Oh no! <laughs> and that is that is that movie. That's the only mermaid one I could think of that we've actually talked about because that has mermaids in it. Maybe the actual Brad Pitt Sinbad has mermaids. One of the Sinbads has mermaids. Pretty sure this one has mermaids. Oh my god! <laughs> I found that. Oh, oh my! This is a movie. Yeah, this, this is, a, is movie. a movie. This is not oh, a video no. game. I was gonna say it's giving very video game cutscene, right? And like not even a good video it, game. It looks like a game you would like your little cousin would be playing on the iPad at the family function. This is Lord of the Rings Gollum. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, wow. Instead, every game that the every game that your cousin plays on an iPad, and I mean your cousin is like the colloquial, like all of us, your cousin plays yeah, on the iPad. It's always the most c- demented shit you've ever seen. It's like some, <laughs> it's like some ragdoll, like Shrek character, like floating down a long, like 
uh, <laughs> long slide <laughs> and like hitting other characters and flip flopping and explosions. It's always crazy. Yeah. I don't understand the kids these days. <laughs> Um, no, but we're not talking about the kids these days. We're talking about the kids those days. Those days. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So this podcast is going to go downhill <laughs> so fast. As as we all know, I have been reading a Winona Ryder biography uh, up to the points of the movies that we're covering. Um, and so it's time for Jeff's favorite, everyone's favorite section, the Jeff Context Corner about where we're going Jump the gun. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Jeff Con- the Jeff Context Corner <laughs> <laughs> covering Winona Ryder's life to this point. <laughs> so she films this movie after she just finished Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael and Great Balls of Fire, um, which we've talked about already. Um, she actually films this before Edward Scissorhands, mm. which came out before, and we've already released our episode on. But she films this before that movie. It's just like production cycles are weird. So this ends up being, you know, made first and just not released until later. When was this released? This was like month. It was oh, like I don't know. two months after Edward Scissorhands. It wasn't. It was released oh, December okay. of ninety, and Edward Scissorhands was like October. It was like a two month difference. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. This is not a Christmas movie, but like it's like, kind, it's like family adjacent. Yeah. So I can imagine like they're like we yeah. could release it in May or we could push it till Christmas. Yeah. It's a movie for like the like 14 plus I would say would like understand this movie fully. Yeah. I think a little younger than some of them might go over their heads, but um feels like, you know, you bring your your pre your preteens and your teens to go see this. Mm-hmm. Um and then you got Bob Hoskins just, you know, he brings in everybody. <laughs> Sneaking in there. <laughs> Bring it in the masses. Yeah. Um but no, so yeah, she films this before Edward Scissorhands, hands and Basically, has a really terrible time on this movie. Not like because oh. of the production itself, um, but like she's basically been working nonstop for almost a year, like consecutive movies, mm-hmm. and gets really sick during oh, production no. of this in Edward Scissorhands. Wait, can I ask oh, a actually question? This. Yeah. How old is she? She is born in nineteen eighty, right? Yes, yeah, she no. seventy one. Seventy one. So oh, she's like thinking. nineteen. Okay. Eighteen or nineteen when they make this. Okay. She's eighteen, nineteen, basically been working nonstop for a year. Oh no. Um develops like severe insomnia and a lot of just like general he- failing health. Oh no. And so she doesn't really remember like I say she doesn't remember. She doesn't look back on like the production of this as like a great time in her life. Mm-hmm. She says Cher was incredible and she had a great time with Cher. Mm-hmm. But the actual like making of the movie was kind of like she was in pain for a lot of the production. <laughs> oh. oh man! And has to drop out of The Godfather Three uh, as a result um, after this movie before mm. she goes to do Edward Scissorhands. Um, which uh, shame for Godfather Three because uh, Sofia Coppola um, gets the role, and we all know how that turned out. Yeah, Dad. <laughs> End of Godfather Three. For... Um, Fair. Yeah, but no. So her, her process isn't great for this, but she's um, she does look back fondly on the role itself. Mm. It's like this is the last time she kind of she essentially plays like a rebellious teen archetype character because mm-hmm. her in next week we'll talk about Night on Earth where she plays you know kind of a coming of age um, adult or like young adult. Yeah, but this is the last movie where she plays this type of character mm-hmm. um, from like the Heather's Beetlejuice um, kind of through line of. I am 
you know, 18, I'm playing a teenager in a movie that is catered towards my age demographic. Mm -hmm. After this, she takes a step back and is like, I don't want to play that character anymore. Mm -hmm. I think I've done all I can do with it. I only want to be in like adult movies that are, you know, wide appeal Mm. instead of just focusing on like, you know, playing a teenager. And it makes sense. People age. And so, and when you, you know, reach a higher age, you don't want to get stuck in what you've, you know, become good at and you know develop a repetition of well and we 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 see what it can do to people with the likes of like john travolta who yeah, never in escaped. his 60s are still trying to play the cool suave 20s yeah, he's trying to be the love interest in that's amore yeah uh, and it's like italy you know i think and you know maybe 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 we'll talk about this next week i don't know but um i i think like just hearing about like night on earth and the different movies that she's going to be transitioning to it takes a very adult mature decision yeah. to to do that like to mm-hmm. ditch what's been working for you and mm-hmm. to take a risk yeah. and do something that's wildly yeah. different and i'm sure um, something that gave her some confidence is coming out of this movie that you know she is expected to carry some pretty heavy stuff late in the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that's not to say that like her performances in heathers and beetlejuice are necessarily like lesser for it but this is the I think the first movie we've covered where she really has to carry the entire emotional crux of the ending on her shoulders. Yep. Mm-hmm. In like a deeply emotional way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um and so I th- I just really find this an interesting like crux point in her career. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. that I'm excited to delve into a little more. Yeah. Um as for the actual making of this movie, um this movie had a somewhat troubled start. Hmm. Because it was, Cher was very attached to the movie. Like, she was kind of the instigator of the process. Wait, wait, who was, who just Cher. Cher. Oh. That's right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Cher was the instigator of this movie. Cher was the instigator of this movie. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting into it. Eventually, I'm gonna have to cut it off because of copyright. Yeah, copyright but. infringement. We are towing the line. Yeah, um, but we're talking about share, so it's fair use. YouTube. Yes. So, all right, I think that's so the, the, most we the can producers that with. she's working with. The higher uh, Lassie Hellstrom, who's a Swedish director, who I'm trying to remember because my brain is a sieve. Um, he directed. He's directed movies like My Life Is a Dog, Cider House Rules, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So he's mm. done a lot of movies in yeah. his career that are recognizable. He's hired to make this movie, but as soon as production starts, he immediately starts clashing with both Cher and Winona. Mm. Oh, not um, good. They don't like the way he's taking the movie. Oh. And by all counts, it seems like he wanted a much darker movie. Mm. Like he was angling for the biggest plot point that everyone was bumping on was that he wanted Charlotte to commit suicide. Oh, Oh, that was the original pitch. Wow. Okay. Um, rather than the ending that we do get. And both Cher and Winona had, you know, a more optimistic take on the finale. Yeah. They had a much more optimistic view of how this movie should go about the family reconciling. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, being shattered at the end. Mm hmm. And it really does, um, it just, you know, it came to blows and um, Lassie Hellstrom was fired by the producers. They brought in a second director, Frank Oz, otherwise known as the voice of Yoda and the performer of Yoda. Okay. Um, Also half the Muppets and half of Sesame Street and also a good director in his own right, Bowfinger and plenty of other movies. Um, He's brought in, but they deem him uh, too slow. (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> so wow. he is also fired. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. <laughs> um, right. So two directors get fired from this movie basically by like week two of production. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and that's when they finally bring is in. Is that normal? No. No. <laughs> that okay. is very I did, abnormal. I didn't think so. That's okay. extremely abnormal. Okay. Um, but the so they bring in Richard Benjamin, um, who brings the movie to the finish line. He's directed a decent amount of stuff. Um, the Money Pit is probably his biggest. Kind we have actually covered a movie he's uh, t- done before, Mrs. Winterborne. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Winterborne, every, everyone's favorite. I totally get. Like, I actually have no memory of what happened in that Winterborne movie. vibes Don't in, know in a movie is. like this. This is better. This a is, thousand times this is better. Mrs. Winterborne. But like I, I okay. get, I get the Hallmark vibes a little bit. Who was in it? Brendan Fraser. It's Brendan like Duncan. he's he becomes <sighs> he finds like an, his identical doppelganger who's killed in a train crash. Right, that's and he pretends I don't need to he more. pretends to be that's that person good. and marries into a wealthy family. Weird movie. Um, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> that's good, Stuart. But it basically seems like Richard Benjamin really doesn't have much of an authorial stamp on this movie. Like it's not like this is. Um, I don't want to say like he did nothing, but it's not really his movie. How can you be in the third director? Yeah, I and mean, he's the third director brought in while they're actually shooting. He didn't do any of the prep. Yeah. Um, so this is very much like this is the Cher movie. Yeah. Cher is kind of the the guiding force behind the movie. Any yeah. decision is Cher's at the end oh. of the day. I love that. That okay. also makes sense because that was the one thing that I was like, I can't believe a man directed this movie. Yes. Like that was I, crazy. Exactly. I that had was, similar feelings. I was like, yes. that was really weird to me when I saw that. So that makes, yeah. this all makes sense. And Richard, we've seen the, the Take Mermaids, but actually directed by a man. And we've seen versions of that. Yeah. And, and how that kind of uh, materializes. This did not yeah. feel like that. No. Benjamin is absolutely just a guy who was brought in to like line up the camera and do Just, all the busy work of directing while Cher actually like shepherded the movie into got it. what she envisioned it being. Wow. Right. Love that. Good um, so this is this is like truly a Cher movie. Yeah. And you mentioned like Cher went on a bump with some directors and but and then you mentioned prior that Winona fondly talks about her relationship with Cher. Is there yes. any more like word or press or thoughts? I mean, there was a lot of like together? tabloid stuff about like um it's like kind of sexist tabloid stuff. Yeah. About, like, the bitches on the movie and, like, the Winona and Cher are just really making it a nightmare. They're being divas. Mm. It's like, I kind of feel like, you know, stuff like that does happen in movies. Um, but I kind of feel like if event, if the third director does work fine with them and the two of them are both having the issue, I feel like there's maybe, I don't, I don't know if we can pin it on them as the instigators here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's not to disrespect Leslie Halstrom, who is like a good director, but he just has a different. He, his sensibility was not correct for this story. I, that's a stupid idea about. The yeah, yeah, that's so. Yeah. That, we was, talked, that would have been horrible. We talked about this on Heather's how the original ending was they were going to actually blow up the school, but the and then there was going to be like this dance prom in heaven yeah. or whatever, like a really oh. comedically dark, dark ending. Hmm. But the altered ending is actually like what takes the thematic point yeah. across the finish yeah. line. It's like one of the. This is another one of those movies that, like, by, you know, circumstance and just movie magic becomes a, a special thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't land the point if it ends with no. Charlotte yeah. killing Absolutely herself. Yeah, absolutely not. And then the is like, I'm sad now. If anything, like, I can definitely see there being, like, it would be very, very dark, but I can see there a point being made of uh, Christina Ricci's character actually died. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought you were going to say, to yeah. be honest. And, and yeah. Like, at like, least... Charlotte killing herself I still now. think that's... 
That That's, would be the wrong approach. Yeah, yes, I, I, agree. Agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I can see if they had done that, I wouldn't have like hated the movie immediately. But I don't think I would have loved it as yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the that the whole family gets to reconcile at the end, um, in the way that they do, and we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. I think is so spe- special and spectacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I that's agree. really what brings the movie together for me is the ending. Takes it across the finish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because otherwise, it is while it has its its moments, it is. It could just have been like a kind of generic like family drama that ends with some tragedy and then they're all like kind of lost. Uh, but we've like we've seen that movie before. We have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it's special that this movie rejects that notion and mm-hmm. rejects like you know what you'd expect to happen. And it's just like no, we can have these three women just live together and be happy at the end of the movie mm-hmm. without. And like there's a guy, but he's not living with them, and it's just the three of them, and they just dance and they're happy together. Yeah. Yeah, I love the ending. Yeah, the ending was uh, so good. Yeah, very good. Um, Winona was cast because she Cher thought she looked like a younger version of her. Uh, final Cute. thing I really had to say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Becca showed me some drag uh, queen who just says sure, um, and it really did it for me. Nice. Last one. <laughs> All right, so we got. We must stop. We simply yeah. must stop. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> we cannot get a copyright infringement. We're not making money on this podcast. This is true. It's we fine. are not. Uh, so, do we want to delve right into the plot? Does anyone have anything to say about the lead up to this movie? No, let's get into the movie. Let's get into I don't the have movie. anything else to say. Yeah. All right. So, I want to tell you guys a curse thing about me. Uh, another one? Yeah. Another yeah. thing? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hold on. Let me, so, let me get out this the movie, list. This movie starts. <laughs> this movie starts. And basically, the first thing is like, oh, it, I saw it, this. Is this your letterbox review? Yes. Okay. I didn't, and like, I don't know you know, the lights come up and that says 1963 at the bottom. I'm like, oh, 1963. And then, like, the third or fourth shot of the movie, there's like a picture of JFK on the wall. And I'm immediately, I immediately turn to my wife and I'm just like, Becca, I'm calling it right now. The assassination of JFK is going to be a major plot point in this movie. And she's like, why are you saying that? I'm like, it's at 1960. There's a picture of Kennedy on the wall. I bet that's exactly where this movie's going. And I would just like to say, fucking vindicated, folks. <laughs> like, yeah, you, I beat you the were, allegations. You were, you were correct. Yeah, you um, were correct on that one. Good I job, knew that Jeff. that was going to happen. Yeah. Good job, Jeff. I can't believe they killed the president. <laughs> My best Winona saying that impression. You're getting better every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> every day you're getting better at Winona impressions. <laughs> every day we climb the mountain just a little more. <laughs> You were never quite able to land bread, did? But I, I, I have. Okay. I can't quite do it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, beginning of the movie, 1963, we are introduced immediately to Charlotte Flax, mm-hmm. who's our lead character, played by Winona Ryder, and her little sister, um, God, um, Kate. Kate. Katie, played by Christina Ricci. First movie. Yes. And I like that the movie is immediately toying with your expectations because the beginning she's referring to Mother Flax, mm-hmm. and Winona's dressed up in um, very Catholic um, black dress. Yeah, the cross around her neck and necklace, big boots, big boots, and Hair back in the, the implication is basically immediately like, oh, she lives in like a convent or some kind of like boarding school run by the church, mm-hmm. and she keeps talking about Mother Flax, and you're like, okay. Mother Flax is the religious leader of this place, and this movie's kind of about like religious liberation in this Catholic convent. No. Not the case. Cher opens the door. Uh, Charlotte, we're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like that that the movie like it uses the trappings of that kind of like Catholic um, 
like lockdown metaphor, but flips it, but flips it. it. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, she, the girl, the young girl is the conservative one and the mom is the liberal one. Yeah. yeah. And that's a fun dynamic that the movie gets to play with yeah. as yeah. it goes on. And then they end up reversing roles. But I like that that's yeah. set up right at the beginning. Um, she's like, uh, my dad disappeared when I was a very young kid. Uh, me and my mom and my younger sister have traveled the world or the country. We've lived in like 16 different homes for 16 different years. Every time my mom breaks up with a boyfriend, we just move somewhere else. Yeah. And you can always tell the signs, she says, which involves her mom uh, sleeping with her boss mm-hmm. and then finding out that he's not bringing her on a vacation to like some island. She's like, you're bringing another woman. He's like, yeah, I'm bringing my, my, my wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to them in a car leaving Oklahoma <laughs> and heading to Massachusetts. Yeah. Where they post up. Yeah. And she just like spins a globe and points her finger and that's where they move. I wish yeah. I was that free. I wonder if she's ever accidentally like put it on like, I don't know, fucking like Djibouti yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Kazakhstan. <laughs> we get mermaids too and they move to Kazakhstan. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Kiev, <laughs> Kiev, Ukraine during the invasion. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they're, they get in a car and they're on the road trip to not Boston. It's a little town, little town right outside of Boston, little town, right? Seaside town right outside of Boston. Yeah. Yes. Um, Um, And Charlotte is, you know, deeply embarrassed by her mother. Um, She finds like her kind of flamboyant lifestyle really unappealing and embarrassing Mm -hmm. to her. And she's gone very far into um, religion as like kind of her escape. Mm -hmm. She's that's kind of like her life as she reads books about the lives of the saints and reads the Bible mm-hmm. and tells her mom that she's going to hell and is a sinner and keeps herself very chaste and locked down. Yeah. Um, I know you already addressed it, Jeff, but I, I think it's what I like already about this motif with it is kind of the idea of like whatever your parents are doing, like belief systems or whatever, like kids are naturally going to try to gravitate towards the, the opposite. opposite. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it's like if, yes. if, if Cher was like, the Catholic nun, then yeah. Winona would be the free living, which yes. is again a movie we've seen yeah. plenty of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting that like her, she's she is in her rebellious stage. Yes, but her yes. rebellious stage is being like strict Catholic. Yes, yes. <laughs> which uh, is funny. Yeah, yes. which is really funny. And yes. Charlie, I saw your letterbox review, and yes. I really like how you phrased it. Yeah, that it's like you're always, you're always trying not to be your parents, yeah. but it's just a reflection in the rearview mirror. Yeah. I, yeah, you always want to. Damn, I, that's, that's good. Wow. You always, you always want to be the opposite of your parents, but when you look back, it's usually their reflection. It's yeah. usually them. Yeah. So I thought when that that scene when well, she, uh, never mind, I'll get, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, but I'm you thinking, can okay, move it. the the scene when she runs away, when she like mm. gets in the car and she like runs away. That's when I wrote that. I was like, yeah, you know, she's trying so hard not to be her mom, and here she is, like, yeah, yeah, running yeah. away. Here she is exactly running away. She's mom. being exactly her mom. Yeah. Because like your parents are usually in some way like a reflection an opposite reflection of who they were when they were younger mm-hmm. yeah because as you grow older you reflect on the mistakes of your past and you change mm-hmm. and so you trying to be the opposite of who your parents are now just means you're your parents when they were young mm-hmm. and it's just the never-ending cycle that continues yeah yeah um until someone breaks the cycle and we all escape to mars or something i don't know <laughs> But that, but but that is how good this movie is. Yeah. That it's consciously making those yeah lines, it's smart. Those it's lines. very smart yeah yeah um, this movie has no business being as smart as it is. Like, no, it really doesn't. I did not know it was going to be this smart. I thought it was just going to be fun. Yeah. 
Uh, the town they moved to is Eastport, Massachusetts. Eastport, Eastport Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes. Not the name of a Stephen King uh, town in Maine. No, that is, <laughs> it is next to Jerusalem's lot, which is where the Stephen King businesses happen. Right. <laughs> just, exactly. Anytime they go to the border, there's just zombies and shit running around. They're like, all right, well, kids, kids, roll them up. Roll up your windows. we got to drive through. Uh, but they get there, and they're unpacking. And I think right away we're introduced to Joe. Yes. Uh, played by... Oh, fucking Joe. Uh, Joe. Michael... Jamo- more like Jamoke. Yeah, literally. Michael... I'm going to say his More like wrong. joke. <laughs> Sheffling? Shuffling? I don't know. I don't know either. I didn't recognize him. Uh, he's basically a uh, James Marsden discount. <laughs> totally. No, he, he looks like Matt Dillon. He d- I actually uh, thought he was Matt Dillon. When he, they yeah. first pulled up, in the car because they like pull up in the car and he's just like basically standing there. I thought it was Matt Dillon for a second. I was convinced then, I'm like, oh, this is the Matt Dillon movie. I totally thought it was Matt Dillon and then I was like, oh, that is yeah. not Matt Dillon. Yeah, he does look like, like Matt Dillon. Come on. Yeah. It looks like that with just yeah. a few less wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. A little younger. Yeah. Uh, right away, like, you know, so Cher sees Joe and there's a little bit of teasing of like, is Mrs. Flax already finding her next yeah. like little mm-hmm. toy mm-hmm. in the town? Uh, but then we then get the Ugu Aga from Winona, where she sees Joe and it's like, Lord, give me strength. Yeah, my, <laughs> I think the best thing about this movie is we talked on this show before about you know unnecessary narration and how a lot of yeah. movies will have you know just narration for narration's sake. Uh, this is, to me is like the correct usage of narration. It, it's toe in the lines. Because there's only, it's only directly inside Winona's head at the moment in time. You're never quite, it's never like Winona being like, yeah, so a few days ago, it's like she's looking at a guy and she can't be like, oh my God, I want to like have him inside of me. <laughs> so we just like, she, it's just Winona staring and then you just hear, oh my God, I want him inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really, that's a great use of comic timing of narration. Yeah. Um, it's not like explaining things that we could get visually. It's giving us extra on top of what the visual storytelling is doing. Yeah. I, I love to be inside a teenage girl's head. Yes. So I like, I enjoyed it. There's like so many, like anytime she's out with Joe, like that scene when none of those scenes would be nearly as funny without the narration. Sure. Cause it would just be her walking around like looking terrified of this man. Instead of getting to hear inside of her head, and she's like, the rippling biceps. Jesus, did you have rippling biceps? I hope you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, narration for me is always like 80% no. Nah, I might even say 85% no. 15% yeah. yes. On um, Just in general, broad yeah. spectrum of like when to put voiceover or no voiceover. Generally, yeah. I'm usually against it. You have to either be Martin Scorsese or this movie usually to get away with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I and I think this movie did. There were some moments where I was like, I don't know if I needed that, but mm. there are few of them, very few of them. But Charlotte quickly learns her favorite fact about this house is that it is bordering a convent. Yes. Oh, yes. Which I'm not yes. 100% sure how this geography works out, but we're just going to go with it. Because it is just like the house, and they walk like around the corner, and there's just like a hill with a convent on top of it. Yeah, it's almost it's uh. it gives off the vibe that it's like in their backyard, yes. but their backyard is massive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um cuz the convent grounds are pretty big. There's like a river that runs f- through yeah. it and they got lots of buildings, lots of little outhouses. They have a and, bell tower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they live right next to it. Yes. Yeah. And Charlotte's ecstatic cuz she can go up there and check out the nuns. 
um, and be Which, like, does she ever actually talk to any of the nuns? No. Well, she tries to in the shoe store. Yeah. I think you might. My, you might have read the same thing I read. There is one scene that got cut from the movie mm. where she does go to talk to one of the main sisters. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be, evidently, I guess this is an IMDb trivia thing, so take it for what it's worth. But the, the story is like there, she goes to one of the main sisters for advice and it was this really heart-wrenching, emotional scene. Mm. Um, the actress who plays a main sister, last name is Minor. Um yeah, Jan Minor. Jan Minor and Mother Superior. It was her last movie before she passed away, I'm pretty sure. And gave this amazing performance that it said, and then it got cut from the movie. And that's when Richard Benjamin just sent her a copy of the scene mm-hmm. just because it, it felt so bad cutting mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's like the only thing that was like talked about. But And then in the movie that we actually watched, like, yeah, there's no... There's scenes of her and Cher... When they're like buying shoes, yeah, like they're they together, like run and, into the nuns. Yeah, they yeah, run into she them. She definitely a few times. sees the nuns, and there's one scene I really liked when she's just like watching the nuns, like outside. They're yeah. like playing some. They're like playing a game. Or yeah, something. they're just like outside, like laughing, having fun, and she's like watching them, which yeah. I really liked that scene. But I, I like that she never works up the courage to talk to them because mm-hmm. yeah. it kind of fits into her whole arc in the movie of like. Mm-hmm. She thinks this is what she just keeps thinking that these are the things that she wants, but mm-hmm. those aren't the things that she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so she's like, oh, my God, these nuns are incredible, but I can't talk to them because I don't have this level of commitment to Mm. it. And it's just always scared by what talking to these nuns could bring Mm -hmm. instead of just where she's at now, which is a safe observer where she doesn't have to commit to anything. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because that's the way she is with most of her choices in this movie. She chooses to be the observer instead Mm -hmm. of like proactive into it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at this guy instead of making a move on him. I'm going to look at these nuns instead of talking to them going to look at people in school uh, instead of conversing with them. And so I just, I, I think that's once again, going back into the idea that this, this is a very smart movie. It doesn't mm-hmm. lay it on too thick and it just, you know, lets things simmer for a while. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about the fact that she's playing 15? Joe, it's established that Joe's 26. That's gross. <laughs> yes. And the movie doesn't seem to, at least, maybe I'm missing something, but the, from my standpoint, the movie doesn't seem to call upon any question of how wrong that is. So it's no. 1963. Yeah, it, this movie doesn't. I yeah. don't think you missed anything. I well, think it's like even movies. from like the a movie made in the 90s should have called out that it was bad in 1963, but it, it almost doesn't even yeah. do that. It's like it's 1963. This is just what we did. Okay. Because um, in my I'm not, mind, I'm not saying that's right. Right, and and I no, from, I know that from the writing, it sounds like to me, it's like this guy is in the middle between Charlotte and Mrs. Flax, mm-hmm. which yes. means he could go to either or. Mm-hmm. Is how the movie's sort of framing it of yes. like, but in reality, that's not in reality. No, no. that's not how it works. <laughs> right. No. Uh, so that that was a that was a little bit of a bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Pretty much like they moved in and then, I don't know. Yeah, it's, we just kind of get a bit going around town. Eventually, they go to the shoe store, which is where they meet Lou. And I want to talk about Lou. Oh, okay. Let's, Here we, we go. Played by Bob Hoskins. Here we go. Played by Bob Hoskins. Let's, let's. Oh, before we talk about that, can we, oh, you had some, do your little button. Nope, 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 you're oh, good. I was just going to say, um, while we're talking about the shoe store scene, I would yes. like to talk about um, her shoes. Yes, go in, the boots. Do, let's do the shoe the corner. Boots. Yeah. Sir, can you play the theme for the shoe corner? There's a shoe corner. <laughs> I don't. I don't have. Oh like, wait, wait. It's called wait. shoes with shoemen. 
<laughs> That's what we're calling this section. Is the shoes sh- with Schumann. Know that when you're back for Little Women, I will be asking you about shoes for Schumann. That's so good. Oh, I wish I had paid better attention to Cher's shoes. Mm. I'm sure she had some good shoes. I wasn't really looking. Yeah. But yeah, her big her big boots. Her big boots from her from her dad. Yes. Right? They're from her. They're the the her, one thing she has from her dad. From her dad. And they were, man, were they ugly. <laughs> they are so bad. I was like, get some new shoes, your little sister. Katie's getting such cute shoes. Those little red. He's like, I want a red stripe. They were so cute. Katie is Christina Ricci in this movie. She, um, she killed it. She's incredible. She's so fucking good. But also she is tiny with bangs and kind of a bop cut. Uh-huh. Um, was born in Minneapolis. And looks exactly like my life. wife looked at that. No, she looks give, exactly it's like Becca. giving Becca. They look. She looks like, like what? <laughs> no, like she looks exactly the same as Becca looked at that age, and it's really unsettling. Um, that really just got me, and it got her too because we were watching. Because you're like, this child is me, and then later in the movie, they're just like, yeah, when you were born in Minneapolis, she's like, fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> hi, hi, Stewart. Why? Hi, Stewart. What is this? What value does that give you? <laughs> what value did you get out of that? <laughs> How does, just, how does Bill Clinton fit into this? Talking about, no, no I won't say it. Never mind. Uh, what else, did you want to say anything else about the shoes? No, I just, just wanted, to make, I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge, we acknowledge, acknowledge, the, the, acknowledge shoes. the shoes. I'll, I have more to say about the shoes later when she... Good. But not right now. Well, you shoes with Schumann will return. Yeah. Talk about your guy. Okay. So Bob, Bob Hoskins Bob is playing Hoskins. Lou Lansky, who's like the shoe owner in town. Um, and he is the shoe owner in town. That makes it sound like he owns everybody's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's the only shoe store in the sixties. He, he probably does own everyone's shoes in town. So the thing about Bob Hoskins is that he's British. Um, Wait, what? What? With an extremely Cockney accent. I don't know. He this. talks like this. I was actually serious. Hold I don't know this man. On a what second. else has he been in? He's in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, he's the main guy in that. He's not he, British in that, is he? He is not. Okay, um, he's like, not, he plays Mr. Smee and Hook. Okay. Um, he's been in just so many movies. This film, um, this film I'm pulling up a Conan O'Brien interview because I yeah. got in this yeah. film is uh, you take. It's in Nottingham around the project housing. Right. Which has got the highest crime rate in Europe. It's got and, the highest uh, crime rate in uh, Europe. More murders per month. Oh my God! Yeah, Bob it, it's such like. a strong. You get that, wow. and then you get Bob. I'm just gonna look up Bob Hoskins mermaids. I'm really surprised. I have to say. Oh my God, yeah. You're a sexy guy. You have to look surprised when you say that. I am surprised. Like you can kind of hear it. Sometimes age has its compensation. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Uh-huh. I wow, guess. I didn't know. That is crazy because I only know him from this movie now and Hook, yeah. where he's Mr. Schmee. Yeah, yes, and, and he has a British accent in that. He does. Yeah, because he's Mr. Schmee. You think Mr. Schmee? She's talking like you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I like when I think like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is. I think. Yeah, the one that I would well, have known. I didn't recognize. Who Framed but. Roger Rabbit's probably like his biggest. I think what people will know him like know him from. Mm-hmm. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Oh, um, but I think that's what people know him as. Okay, and it's funny because like of movies like this and that where he just kind of develops himself as like this kind of rough and tumble with a like Chicago or New York accent yeah. character. Yeah. yeah, 
And so in this movie, that's the accent he's kind of developed, and that's the one he deploys. And uh-huh. so it begins like, hey, you know, I'm just from South Dakota. How you doing? <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, buddy. Wait one fucking second. You are not from South Dakota. You live in Boston right now, and you talk like you're from the Bronx. <laughs> so um, interesting. Sarah, can you play the link I just sent you? This is Bob Hoskins talking about being cast in the Mario movie. I didn't even know it was a guy. It's my kids that told me. Well, I said, what's your next film? I'm doing Super Mario Brothers. Oh, that's the game. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. and this is you. And I saw this thing jumping up and down. I thought, I used to play King Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Super Mario, where he's like, hey, it's a me, Mario, huh? Um, that's so good. That's so good. But no, he's not Italian. He's not from New York. He is from Britain. Wow. In Super Mario? Okay. Yes. And he plays Super Mario. Crazy. Wow. Um, getting back on the track that I have steered us so far off right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bob Hoskins, who is from South Dakota, but now runs a shoe store in Massachusetts somehow, um, in spite of his uh, Bronx origins, um, just immediately kind of latches on to share. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Let's be yeah, honest. Can't blame a guy. Come right. on. Yeah, and uh, Becca was a little confused. Like, she's like, "What? What's like? What does he have?" And I was like, "Are you telling me there's not raw sexual energy emanating off Bob Hoskins <laughs> yeah, right now?" He has all like, the shoes in town. Yeah, I'm like, he's, mean, got, he he's got all the shoes in town. <laughs> he's got like a body. <laughs> that is true. All he's I'm got saying, one of those. All I'm saying is that when Bob Hoskins th- goes out to hunt, he brings back game. <laughs> and, <laughs> I think. Okay. <laughs> so that was good. I give you that one. <laughs> um, and so he he starts uh, moving in on the property. Um, <laughs> starts, <laughs> starts making bi- starts making bids. Moving okay. in on the property. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Okay. He starts making okay. bids on the on the lot. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know what sound effect to press <laughs> okay. for that anymore. Um, but simultaneous, uh, Winona starts school. Yeah. Um, and immediately is very terrified of like her new school system where yeah. the kids are a little more free and liberal than she's used to. Mm-hmm. She's hiding in the bathroom stall when her guidance counselor finds her and like pulls her out and brings her to class and asks everyone to treat her nicely. We never really do that much at the school. Mm-mm. No, but this really is kind of the extent of it. We see a little bit throughout, like just random scenes of her in classrooms, but never really does like you would expect the school to have a bigger part because of like Monona's history to this point in mm-hmm. movies and just you know what this movie's about. But that's kind of the extent of it. It's just we get the vibe that she's an outcast at school, and then we really don't check back in. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, what happened? What happens immediately after that? Like, what? What is kind of the sequence of Do we, events here? Is that when? So Joe uh, is the bus driver. Yes. Is that? Do we get? Is it that first day where she when he drops her off because she's like the, I think she's the first stop in the morning yes. and then the last stop. Yeah. Right. So when they go home, so I think, is it that first day You're that right. she is like sits in the back, right? Yeah, and she's like, uh, I like fishing. <laughs> Oh right, because right. they they pick up a conversation. Um, oh, and she finds out that he used to live in the house. Yes, and that and she's she actually sleeping in his old room. Yes, go Red Sox. <laughs> go Red Sox. Uh, and then yeah, then that's where he. It it is fishing. I'm pretty sure because there's like a quick scene of them. I'm, I'm losing that. 
memory though of yeah, so, when they spend their first outing together. Yeah, because I remember I, I remember now. So she sets up a date with Joe at the exact same time that Cher sets up a date with Bob Hoskins. Oh, I, I have a yeah. plot question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I feel like I like went up and got a drink of water and I didn't understand this. The thing about the parent-teacher conference, did yeah. he just go to the school even though he doesn't have a child there? Like, what was happening? Because uh, she was like, sorry. That's I could, so true. He does yeah. say, I'll see you there. Yeah, because he's like, he goes, oh, you're going to, when they're at the shoe store to go back. They're at the shoe store. And he's like, oh, you going to the parent-teacher conference tonight? And apparently she's never been to a parent, or a parent night or whatever yeah. at the school, some open house. And apparently she doesn't ever go because Winona makes a comment like, yeah. this is the first time you've ever been to one. She's like, I care about your education. And Winona's like, okay, you haven't for 15 years. I'm almost <laughs> done. So whatever. But he's like, am I going to see you there? And she's like, oh, yeah. And she goes. But then he doesn't have any kids in the school. It's his hunting ground. <laughs> he's, like, he's like there. Well, he has to check in on all the shoes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm like, wait, why he's is he here? Like, all right, who needs no shoes then? Because <laughs> I thought like he was going to be a single parent too, but then. That's not the case. No, that's weirdly. not the case. So why was he at parent, parent teacher night or open house? Or um, because he, you know, he's, he's, he's putting down bids. Uh, he's putting down bids. Yeah, he's okay. putting down bids. He's checking out the menu. All right. <laughs> um, I was just making sure I didn't miss something because I was like. Very confused about that, but I know what my next sound bit I'm putting on the board what? is. Looks like meat's back on our menu, boys. <laughs> I'm just I, I just feel like whenever I talk about Bob Hoskins, no, no, it's not gonna happen. Whatever again. you, you talk, about, talk about, whatever you talk about meat, and whatever you talk about menus, I press mm-hmm. that button. Bob Hoskins. <laughs> I mean, you know what they say about Bob Hoskins in this movie? Just because you're on a diet doesn't mean you can't look at the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, excellent timing that was yeah. great okay so they set up dates yes at the same time yes and um so winona goes out with joe and they go to the lake um and she and he fishes and she watches yeah and she's like she keeps expecting him to make a move on her mm-hmm. um because like she thinks she's about to pull her into the boat and like you know one way ticket to pound town mm-hmm. but instead she's just like she he hands her some like tackle mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, mm-hmm. and like a fishing rod mm-hmm. uh, which is really fun she's like is that all it's getting in the boat <laughs> in their little narration this sequence i am blanking on some of what she says but this is when i remember the narration being the funniest and is this also the scene where afterwards they it's the first of three times they go to the bell tower yeah after this it's the first time where they just look at it yeah and they go up and they see it because I remember at some point she like he like grabs her to put her in the boat and she goes oh <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah that was good that was yeah good. that was really good it's really funny uh, Winona's just having incredible comedic timing for this first half of this movie before things get more serious yes yeah I agree um they they go out fit uh, on a date meanwhile Bob Hoskins and Cher what was um, their date they just meet up at the house yeah she oh, has the little and, bagels yeah and, and he's like fuck. he's like I'll bring the bagels. And um, she, and like, he, cuts them up tiny. Yeah, and he brings the bagels, which I guess is just because he's like, they're Jewish, they like bagels. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess that's his move. <laughs> sure, sure. I don't have a... I'm not going to say No, I think that's literally <laughs> what his idea is in the movie. <laughs> so he's just, like, saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so he brings bagels, and... Um, earlier through a bit, Winona had established that the only thing Cher knows how to cook are like hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Okay, which oh, I want to talk about that. this. Yeah. Because do you guys know about girl dinner? Yes. Girl dinner. The, yeah. Cher, that's girl dinner. <laughs> that yeah. Is girl that's dinner. literally girl dinner. I was like, wow, Cher and mermaids. 
originated girl dinner. Yep, that's right. Because there's like s'mores and like grapes. There's one where it's like a grape, a cracker, a bit of cheese, and a marshmallow just on a stick. (laughs) It's great. They're like, do you think mom will make a main course today? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And her like, what she makes with the bagels essentially is like the bagel cut into fours with um like some cheese and some spread in the middle oh. and then like stuck on a stick. Wait, but uh, we also it's like forgot, a bagel like because Winona was making sandwiches for her fishing date with Joe. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. and she cuts them up into stars. Yeah, and she cuts them up into stars. And she's like, I wanted to give him a man. Winona's like, I want to give him a man, man sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Something a man can sink his teeth into. Yes, yes. <laughs> she's like, it's not the only thing I wanted to sink his teeth into. Am I right, folks? <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Cher comes with her cute little star yeah. cookie cutters and it's like doot, doot. And, and she says, Don't do anything I, I, I wouldn't uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do and then Winona leaves like or don't do anything I would do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the vibe that Cher is not a bad mom. Um she's just a kind of an unprepared mom. Mm. She just wasn't mm. really ready for it. And wants her kids to like her and wants her kids to be happy, but doesn't quite know how to maneuver them, maneuver that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, especially when it's like, as we were talking about in the beginning, whatever your parent is like, a lot of children are going to want to be the opposite, I think, especially yeah. when it comes to mo- mothers and daughters. And so, you know, Cher is this kind of free, rebellious spirit. Yeah. And so I think it must be really weird then to have this daughter who's like super conservative. And yeah. it's like, how do I navigate that? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to let her like be who she wants to be, but also like, what are you doing? Because Cher establishes that she ran away from home when she was very young because mm-hmm. her parents are very conservative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, now she's just raising her mom. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? And it's, <laughs> that's just the way cycles, you know, continue and yes. perpetuate. Yes. Yeah. Um, Go to therapy. But she's, she just doesn't really... Un- <laughs> yes. Go to therapy, please. <laughs> Begging you. you. <laughs> Talking to you, boomers, <laughs> who we have a huge audience. <laughs> but no, she... Um, so the, the two dates respectively break off. We already talked about Winona's half. Um, but Cher you know, makes her little finger sandwiches, and Bob's like, I've never seen a bagel like this before. And she's like, do you like it? And he's like, I'll be honest, I really don't. <laughs> I like- That's what I like about... Their yeah. relationship, though, is that uh, Lou is honest. Yes. Always. Yes. Yeah. He's always honest and he's always authentic. Yeah. Yes. And I think that is. He's always 100% yeah. authentic Lou. Straight yes. with you. Yeah. yeah. Straight as an arrow. I'll stick it to you straight. Yeah. Both times. Which I think is maybe like probably his attractive factor. I'll stick it to you straight. In I conversation, will- I'll stick it to you straight in bed. What? <laughs> oh my God. Well, yeah, they they have a conversation. Like one of their first conversations after they have sex is her talking about how men always lie. Yeah, right. That's like one of the mm-hmm. first things, well, first conversations yeah. that she has with him. So I think yes, part and he's of like him I'll always being, be honest with you. Yeah, and I think that is very much a part of why yeah. he's attractive to her. Yeah, I think they're both very uh, authentic, very much both themselves. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes that's that the, that's exactly by. what you need. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is you don't always need like. Mr. Goodbar, you need Mr. Honest. Mm-hmm. Stuart, that was a reference to our motion picture Perfect that we covered on the show. Looking for Mr. Goodbar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he I fucking know. hates me. Can you believe this shit? <laughs> like, I'd, I'd get it a little bit. <laughs> you get it a little bit. <laughs> get it a little bit. <laughs> this right. is great. 
this is going so well. It's going <laughs> great. Yeah. Thank you, Stuart. Yeah. Um. So you know their their dates their dates go off well, and they agree to both see each other again. Um. It, do we basically get to the JFK assassination? Is that I basically? Like what? I, 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 I missing, but I don't know. I got, I, yeah, I'm sure there's probably we say this a lot. A there's, a, there's a lot of business, but I think the major next big thing is the JFK yeah. thing. It's just a lot of like Lou and Cher go on multiple more dates, as do Joe and um, Charlotte. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they go on several more dates, and then there's the business with um, uh, Katie's swimming competition, mm-hmm. where she comes in second place and gets a silver medal. Mm-hmm. And then we get, you know, they're all sitting in class. Watching some movie, mm-hmm. and a teacher comes in, and I just turned it back, and I'm like, "Were you so proud of yourself?" I'm like, "He's fucking dead." <laughs> Jay, Jay, they fucking they dead. just popped his ass in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be so callous, but um, it's he's been dead yeah. for a long time, yeah. Jeff. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, really okay. I th- I saw a picture of a um in. The, the square in Dallas where JFK was shot. Mm-hmm. They have some like banners on the wall for the museum that's there. Okay. And they just say like JFK was here. Oh, and it's no. like weird to have signage where it's just like, that's, yo, JFK got lit up here. <laughs> like, come to the museum. I feel that's inappropriate. But. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably not the best move. No, no. Um, but yeah, JFK gets uh shot twice. He, he does. He's dead. He is he is deceased. And as much fun as like I had like being right about this. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how much this adds to the movie. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. She has that. What is she? Has she's like all the grown ups are yeah. gone or something. All the grown ups are so absent. Everyone's yeah. crying. Who would do such an evil thing? Yeah. And then the next scene is like we're back to the plot. Yeah. When like, does she? When does she leave? When does she? What makes her run away? Uh, she mm-hmm. runs away after, um, because she thinks she's pregnant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's when she runs away. Okay. Um before okay. realizing that she has she's in fact a virgin. <laughs> right. Um, okay. She when thinks she, she has she immaculate kisses, conception. Okay. And this is all after the assassination? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but it's weird because like a lot of movies set in the sixties use the JFK assassination as like a major plot point. Mm-hmm. I mean you would. It was a big moment in US history. Mm-hmm. But this one just really doesn't do anything with it outside of just like he died and everyone's sad for a few minutes and then we're right back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only thing, but I don't really think you needed it or it added too much was this like, I think she, cause doesn't she, then she, she starts thinking about her father, doesn't yeah. she? She's like, I think this was like her whole thing was like, she, I think she literally is like, all oh, the grown ups are gone. She says something like that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, her mom, I think to her is like, doesn't feel like a real, a quote unquote real adult. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I don't and like I guess maybe JFK is this like symbolic adult like real adult figure in her life and she's like he's gone my dad's not actually ever coming back but like did you really need that yeah. to get there I don't think I don't so. think so I don't think I, so. I think that's kind of how they were trying to tie it in but I don't think it, it just if muddies that was the waters if that was the point they were trying to make they should have maybe established that a little bit more yeah. so yeah. if JFK being her like faux father yeah we talked about this theme on the show before of like kids growing up without parents who I identify with the president of the United States. Yes. Specifically the president. No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, no, because like, what was the movie we talked about where we drew the same similar parallel? It, it was, um, uh, I'm trying to think about it, but oh, Stewart. no, it wasn't Bill Clinton. Uh, it was, it was definitely, I don't remember, but I, I, I remember, I know that we have because the reference I made to it was how I met your mother. 
Yes. Because it was uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character who thought Bob Bar- Barker was his real dad. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it flips that whole thing of being like, no, he's not your dad. Your dad yeah. is a lame suburban guy. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's something that if if the if Mermaids was trying to make that be part of the point, yeah, they it, didn't, it do didn't it. really stick with it or because it, time to I it. feel like the point is really just the one shot of her walking downtown. She's like all the grownups are absent and like all these adults are walking around sad, but there's some kids playing in the yard mm-hmm. yeah, because they're just oblivious to the, the evil of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like a fun point. It's a fine point. But if you cut that scene out, the movie progresses exactly the same. Yeah, I don't gain necessary. anything. No, I agree. Like, including a presidential assassination is a big thing to say in your movie without it just being background noise. Mm-hmm. If it's just yeah. background noise, fine. Yeah, you can get away with that. Mm-hmm. Just like they're like, yeah, the president got shot. And they're like, oh, that sucks. Like, you can do that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. If you want to set your thing in 1963. No, but they made it like a thing. Yeah, they but made then it they such a really big follow deal. through mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they don't even mention him again after that sequence. Not like they're like, yeah, Johnson, right? It's crazy. You know, Miss JFK. They don't, they never mention him again. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um. So that, if I have one grumble with this movie, it's just that like, just cut that business out. Mm. The movie would be better for it. Yeah. That's me telling them to cut a presidential plot line out of a movie. That's, I said this. That's real serious. But I actually do remember that she does find Joe deeply upset by the, oh, the death yeah. of JFK. Um, oh, and that's when, that's when she kisses him. Right. Oh, that is, is that what their, draws is them to yeah. kiss for the first time. Yeah. That is so true. But like, true. do you really need that to be the thing that draws them to kiss? Could be anything. Could Joe just like be upset about something else instead of having to make a big deal for five minutes of your movie about JFK? I, I think so, right? Yeah. Sure. You could just like be like, yeah, because earlier he'd established like his mom died when he was young. He could just be upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's consoling him, um, and then he kisses her. She kisses him. Does she kiss him? I feel like it's more on her part to kiss okay. him. They start make, they start making out. At one point, she goes for the neck. I remember that. <laughs> okay. Um, because she immediately like, draws back and feels bad about it and then just starts kissing him on the lips. But she's immediately filled with sin and runs away. Because she sees all the statues yeah. of the angels. And yeah. The Pretty oh, crazy are they, the, are they in the... Um, the bell tower. The bell tower. Yeah, that's yeah. her second bell the tower second meet. Bell, the bell tower. Okay. Yeah. Because it's all like the bell... Yeah, like the angels and saints and they're all looking at it. gargoyles. It's a fun sequence of editing because like you're just looking at Yeah, her, I really Making out with that. him and like her eyes are going wide. There's all this Catholic guilt just surrounding her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, right. That's the fun stuff in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she she runs home and goes into a fast to purge her sinful thoughts. Mm-hmm. She passes out in the hallway um, because of malnutrition, <laughs> because she's fasting so hard for for Jesus. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and then this is when she starts to think that she's yes she's pregnant. Yeah, she thinks she's pregnant. She basically, has the movie never says it, but she basically has like a full mental episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, she becomes convinced she's pregnant uh, by immaculate conception as a punishment. Mm-hmm. And so rather than confront, and she doesn't want to confront her mom about it, and she mm-hmm. doesn't want the town to th- call her like a tramp um, for being pregnant um, at 15. So she steals her mom's car and runs away. Well, first she goes, she does. To the gynecologist. She goes to the, she does go to the, to get tested. So uh, does she run away? No, because oh. she, she gets tested after because they okay. tell her like, you have to have had sex to be pregnant. And that kind of ends that hole. Got it. So she runs. That's okay. Okay. I. I okay. Yes. Yeah. I it trust is before. You. Yeah. I she thought go- she went before and then she runs away. No, because she still thinks she's pregnant when she runs away. Okay. 
It's after she comes back that she goes to the gynecologist, and they're like, "Yeah, you're fine." Okay. Okay. And so, and yeah, you're right. It is like a manic episode. Yeah. Without oh, yeah. saying it, mm-hmm. um, because she she drives off and she finds this family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That she kind of more or less just like yeah, gets she, in with. Yeah, they're they're credited in the end credits as perfect family. It's like perfect mom, perfect dad, perfect son, perfect daughter. Yeah. And so it's like she just. She drives the car until it runs out of gas and then just stumbles into the house and is like, hey, can you help me with my car? Um, and, you know, she seems very unwell mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just tells them this fake story she's concocted about her life. Yeah. Because she's so distraught of her current life that she's just basically rambling a story that her name is Val, Val. Um, with her older brother, Al, and Val her family Cal. likes to rhyme every night. Val Cal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, Sal she builds her own Sal perfect, Val. her yes. own perfect family. Yes, to yeah. fit in with this perfect family. Uh, meanwhile, smart, perfect dad goes out and finds the registration of the car and calls <laughs> Sharon. Is like, hey, go, come get your kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Bob Hoskins, Lou yeah. is yeah, the one who Lou comes goes out and gets her. Yeah, but before we get there, though, because there's a great scene with uh, Bob and Cher. Yeah, before the hand, because she is like. Cher is like freaking out about it like oh my god like she could have been kidnapped she could have mm-hmm. been killed like what's going on with her and then Bob's the one to say it's like well like maybe if you just like talk to her mm-hmm. instead of like putting her down a lot mm-hmm. you know like she, have you ever considered maybe she's doing the thing that you do like Bob's the one speaking the truth here mm-hmm. and that gets them into like a big argument did we miss the scene where they have a confrontation about Bob getting close to the kids it's later. I think it's that's later. later. Okay. But that okay. is good. And there's yeah. some good scenes that we don't have to get into detail, but of him like getting close to the kids. And yeah. I don't know if that happens later, but that, like the when they decorate the bedroom, when she. The, the, oh, that the definitely happens the after oh. the runaway. Okay. Yeah. I was surprised yeah. about how early in the movie she runs away. Okay. It's like the halfway point. I think that's why me and Stuart are getting confused because it feels weird that it was so early. It but is. I guess it was. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so many things happen before the runaway. I thought the runaway was third act. You know, because this is basically this movie's like an hour and forty five minutes. She runs away like fifty minutes in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then there's still the entire second half of yeah, yeah, a know. lot happens. Uh, Bob's the one to go get her. Bob goes and gets her. But this runaway is really where the the tonal shift of the movie occurs. Yes, because mm-hmm. for the first half, I'd say this is more or less like kind of a lighter, light hearted. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is when the movie shifts fully into like high drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And family, you know. A, like intense family um, confrontation. Yeah. Um, because it starts revealing, you know, the thematics that the movie's playing with a little more. It's not just about, you know, the funny differences between a mother and a daughter. It's about like, how does a mother and a daughter reconcile when they're so far apart? Mm-hmm. How does, you know, generational trauma affect the way that we view our kids and simultaneously the way our kids view our parents? Mm-hmm. Um, when your kids start acting out, do you become your parents? Do they become you? Mm-hmm. And, this is the fun stuff that the movie is really interested in playing with. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, after she runs away, I love the second half of this movie so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. You it's really get into that. Like, very quickly after. Yes. Well, they, they start like that. You know, when she comes back, they have that confrontation about yeah. her running away and she's so mad. And, you know, Winona kind of calls her out and is like, well, what do you do when, you know, anytime you're fucking upset, we fucking pack up our whole lives and we yeah. leave. You know, and so they like and she's like, well, I'm an adult. I get to make those decisions for us. And I love the the beginning of the thread here where Cher is like, I can't talk to you. I'm too mad. Like, yeah, I I, I cannot. And and this is something that I I can empathize with. I'm sure 
almost every kid can empathize with when you do something wrong mm-hmm. and your parent and your parents are so upset with you and rather than like have a sit down with your conversation it's like I'm just so mad I can't have a conversation with yeah. you right now. Yeah, totally. And, and you're just left feeling like, oh God, it, like I like, really messed up. It like it doesn't never turns into constructive conversations, either yelling or like um, just non-contact, which yeah. of course mm-hmm. is just a, a source of simmering. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, it doesn't put away that guilt. It doesn't yeah. put that guilt away to bed. Yeah, you know, it just um, ties it up and lets it simmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, like a pot on a stove. Yeah, mm-hmm. ready to blow. But what I was gonna say is like very quickly, I think is the bottom of the ocean room, because Bob's yeah, spending a lot I... more time with the kids at this point. Yes. Yeah, and she, yeah, because she goes somewhere. I don't remember the where museum, she... the okay. baseball, uh, World Series, uh, Hall of Fame museum. By the way, I found this out recently. You know why it's called the World Series? Why? Like it's it's obviously because like it's just like an American baseball like yes. tournament. It's because it, at one point it was sponsored by like the New York World newspaper or whatever. Oh, that's interesting. I interesting. had no idea about that. Fun facts with yeah. Stuart. I just I just found that out very recently. Anyway, so Stuart's Newerts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Anyways, I don't know. yeah. So they, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they like decorate the room. Oh, well, first there's a painting. I feel like we got to talk about yes. loose painting. Oh yeah, <laughs> his really his really bad painting. Yeah. I like that every single uh, woman that Lou draws looks exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> like they all look like Cher. Although I, you know what, I do kind of love a uh, uh, representation of people having passions that they're bad at. Yes, I kind of yes. love that, and that he acknowledges it. It's not like this bit where the thing that's funny is that like he thinks he's good. He's like, oh yeah, I know I suck. I just yeah, but I enjoy love to do it. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna do it. Like you don't have to be a good artist to enjoy art. You no. don't have to be a good musician to enjoy music. No, I kind of loved that. I thought that was really fun. I do, I like that too. Yeah, this is this is just a very honest movie about like you know these these imperfections in life that make life good. Yeah, um, we have to accept them with each other. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think roughly around this time, similar intercut with you know Lou getting closer to her and Katie. Mm-hmm. Who Katie doesn't really have a lot to do story wise until the end, but she is around for all of this, and, and she's it's just like kind of so yeah, she's just like comic relief, and she's Charlotte's like hype woman. Yeah, and I, and one thing too that they establish like really early in the movie is that like one thing that brings Cher and Winona together is that they both love Katie like yes. so much. They both think this is like this kid is like special, so great. They think she's so amazing. Because, like, the first shot is really her... Is like her the, swimming. Is her swimming. Yeah. And, like, the voiceover, like, talking about... Everybody loves my everybody sister. Everybody loves my sister. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, including me. Like, yeah. I think she's, like, so great. Yeah. So she's kind of, like, just in the background being, like, cute and funny and, yeah. like, kind of quirky. Having her rock collection. Yeah. Or uh, she's I, trying to practice uh, breathing underwater, which she was really good. Which is very important yes. for the end of the movie. Yes. Is that I didn't think it was going to be. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but be. it was. It's like yeah. a, it's actually a major plot point that throughout the movie in the background, she's frequently like trying to increase her underwater breathing yes. ability. Yes. Smart um, girl. She I also, <laughs> I also <laughs> remember the glory days when you were a kid and it's like, you could just wake up one day and be like, today I will work on my rock collection. And that will be, <laughs> I know. Yes, the, I that is today. That is what I do. And yeah. like you would end the day with like four rocks yeah. that have been cleaned up. And you're like, I'm very proud of the work I've done today. Yeah. 
This was a day of great accomplishment. Wish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will go that. to sleep and not have any worries and anxieties. Keep Nowadays, me awake. <laughs> wake up, do my laundry, clean the tub, maybe watch a movie, have to work on some finance stuff. And I'm like, damn, I didn't get enough done today. <laughs> and as so a kid, sad. you're just like, rock four. And you're good. You know what? You should have one day where you really just do that. I will recommend I'm, it. I'm going to have a rock collection no, you, I, recent, like In October, me and Beth had a, not a rock collecting day, but a leaf collecting day. Like We just hung out and we walked oh. around and we collected like perfect, like the most perfect leaves. And then later we preserved them with beeswax. But that That's was incredible. It. And That's like, awesome. honestly, I did feel like, wow. We accomplished we, something. We really today. accomplished something today. It was yeah. really nice and sweet. So kid, Kids are on to something. They're on to something. Yeah. I like I've been building like whenever I get stressed at work, I build Legos when I get home. And mm. like that's like the ultimate stress relief. I, I find that. it so rewarding. I love that. Yeah. Because you like you get like a physical representation of the work you've been putting into yeah. it at the end that you can just look and be like, yeah, that was like a few days worth of work that yeah. I put in. And now I just have this to enjoy. Yeah. Like, and you just have it to enjoy. Yeah. It's just for you. Just Anyway, Lou's version of this is nightmarish uh, paintings of Cher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it looks just lucky, doesn't it? <laughs> no. So. But yeah. And, and there's a lot of business showing like Bob getting closer to yes. the kids. Uh, he goes to the swim meets for Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, the biggest scene that we get is where he helps build like the ocean room. Yeah. yeah. They build like, an, they paint and build like a, an underwater themed bedroom. Yeah. In yeah. his house. In his, his house. He makes like a bedroom for the kids in his apartment. Right. Yes, it's in his house. Yes. Yes. And while Charlotte and Katie love it, like it's kind of like the quote unquote mermaid scene is mm-hmm. that they're underwater. Um, aside from Cher's mermaid dress later. Yeah. Um it um Cher's Cher is not it. happy about it because yeah. she feels like he's trying to move in on her kids and like use the kids love for him to pressure her into marriage mm-hmm. or into marrying him or being mm-hmm. with him permanently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's merit to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he is just trying to like, just try and show affection to these kids who deserve it. Yeah. Uh, he does. He's not doing anything wrong, but you can understand Cher's mindset here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, well, and I think that's what makes it interesting is yeah. that there's not like a, there's no like, bad guy. There's no bad guy. Um, but they have one, I, something I love in that confrontation is when he says something about like you don't care or you it doesn't seem like you don't show that you care about us and he's talking about her and him yeah and then she goes it's you know you and the girls are not a, you know an us like me and the girls are an us yeah right it's like it's you and then me and the girls and he's like I wasn't talking about that yeah so I think she also has this thing of like I wonder of if she has this thing of like I don't I also don't want like. They're, me to be outside of this right yeah, like it's me yeah. and the girls don't like yeah and like she's been make, alone with her girls for so long yes. that the concept of something someone else entering that like structure yes she's terrified because like she already yes. has such a like a tenuous grip yes on her family as it is yes what does adding another you know figure to that yeah how does that unstable yes. or destabilize yes. what we have and the movie's conscientious about these points yes yes like totally. it's not an accident all these parallels it's drawing it's part of the reason why the movie is as smart as it is yeah yeah totally um around the same time charlotte does go to the uh gynecologist uh yes. she registers under the name joan arc <laughs> yeah she does <laughs> that was fantastic that was so good <laughs> that was so funny and fucking tastic that was so good i recently learned that joan of arc was only 19 when she died which is crazy yeah I knew she was young, but I had no idea she was like 
17 and yeah, leading she was armies. Really, she was really young. She in was France. Really young. I have a lot of feelings on Joan of Arc. Burned at the stake. <laughs> yep. Crazy thing that happened. Yes. Yes. Um, history be wild and sometimes. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It's true. Um, but no, she uh, she's brought into the room and she's so nervous. And the narration's like, oh my God, I'm going to find out I'm pregnant. How am I going to tell her? I'm going to be known as the town tramp. The doctor's like, you know what sex is, right? She's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you have to have had it to have a kid because you're still a virgin. She's like, oh. And then she walks out so embarrassed out of this kind of yes. gynecologist office. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and she almost like, it's this fun, you know, internalization that Winona plays really well of she's simultaneously like relieved that she's not pregnant. Mm-hmm. But also kind of disappointed because she had built up this version um, where she's pregnant in her head so much mm-hmm. that when it gets taken away from her, she's like, "Oh fuck!" Well, I was I was like ready for that. I was mm-hmm. like, I, like built my built my system what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This really fucks up my plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she gets a little bit more yeah. like I don't know. I guess yeah. like also liberated yeah. too because it when we're going to get pretty closer to the third bell tower scene that we'll talk about yeah soon. I like the idea of, because I feel like we all do have these moments in our lives sometimes where something bad, you think something bad is going to happen to you Mm -hmm. and you get really locked into that being the future. Yes. And then it doesn't happen. Yes. And you should be relieved. And, you know, for the most part you are, but part of you is like, well, now I was like ready for that bad thing to happen. Yes. And it didn't. Yeah. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Like exactly. Yes. As someone who's recently been going through like a lot of medical procedures and whatnot, like I've run into this a lot where I was like, oh, well, I'm relieved that that's not the case. But at the same time, I was like, I was so ready for that. Yeah, it feels um, weird. Then. It feels really weird now. And I'm like, it's, I don't want to say it's a sense of disappointment because. No, that's weird to say, but I, yeah, I don't you, know what the other word is. It kind is of for is it. like this weird sense of disappointment. Yeah. Cause um, I, yes, I have like a, I mean, I don't need to get into my, my own personal stuff, but like my mother has the, um, BRCA gene, which is mm. like, um, uh, like a genetic, like breast cancer, um, and ovarian cancer, uh, double combo kind of thing. Um, that's like passed down. And I, my whole life, my mother, ha- my great grandmother had it, my grandmother had it and my mother had it. So yeah. I always just assume my whole life I must have it. It was like this thing I was prepared for my whole life that like, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I have the BRCA gene yeah. and I got tested and I didn't have it. And obviously mostly I was relieved, but it was like, I don't know a word for it, Jeff, because it's yeah. not disappointment. That would be like really yeah. weird to say, but it feels akin yeah. to it because you're like really ready for this like terrible th- thing. Terrible thing. It's and, the startling. You're so ready for bad news. Yeah. It's and, startling. Yeah. It's like, very startling. And it yeah. like, you have to sort of like readjust your like whole, you were like so prepared for this yeah. thing and all of a sudden you have to completely readjust. Yeah. Like yeah. you're like ready for this bad thing and then you're like, it's like whiplash oh, a little bit. What? Yeah. Yeah. So now I just need to I need to reevaluate the next like year of my life now. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. And for Winona, she thought that, you know, the immaculate conception. Yeah. And and she's like, damn, I'm not birthing the next Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, dang. So sad. Yes. Um, yeah. How how much do we have before we have the New Year's? I think it's just I think that's this, the next the, thing. The next thing. The New Year's Eve. The New Year's Eve costume party, which I was thinking like. What a fun idea. That is a good one. That's yeah. a I've fun never, idea. I've never thought of that before. I've never thought of that before either. I yeah. was like, that's kind of cute. Um, how did we all spend the the, the stroke of midnight this New Year's? Uh, Real quick sidebar. What did we do at like in the minute before and after? 
I was at Dorothy with Beth and uh, Cassie, and we drank champagne, and then mm. I kissed Beth on the lips, and then Cassie kissed both kissed me on the cheek, and then mm. I kissed Cassie on the cheek, and that was it. Stuart, uh, I spent it with Savannah and their respective partners. Yeah. My respective partner. Yeah, I uh, was cooking lasagna. Um, while, my, while Becca, my wife was in the bathroom as midnight hit and 2024 was welcomed in and you heard fireworks outside and I was just cutting up some lasagna and I was like, shit, I missed it. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she, she came out of the bathroom and I was like, oh, I guess we can kiss now. <laughs> I was like, kind of like, fuck, I really fucked this one up. Yeah. But every year, and this is a sidebar, I every year find myself surprised about how effective i find new year's to be like everyone like it's just the next day like it's just january 1st Mm -hmm. this essentially there's no difference Mm -hmm. um but mentally i don't know why the second the clock it's midnight i literally feel actual stress off my shoulders like my body feels more lean Mm. i'm just like we did it we finished a year Mm. the propaganda's gotten to you it really worked it really (laughs) works on me and i i feel the best i've ever felt in the minutes after the new year's happens charlie are That's you also nice. a uh anti new year resolution i'm not comrade into, yeah. i'm not into new year's resolutions. Uh, I'm, I'm the same way i'm not a new year's resolution person but it does just feel nice to be like the year is over and just like what that's a clean slate now and just like yeah whatever whatever happens it's this year mm. i i say i'm an anti new year's resolution uh, kind of guy but at the same time, I respect the people who are. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because there's something about like this year, that for the next 365 days, starting today, I'm going to try this. I'm going to yeah. try not to do this or X, Y, and Z. And like, I have to put this barrier, not barrier is not the right word, but like I have to put this like mental grid in my head that somehow like my human brain can recognize as like, I have this stretch of time to do something different. Yes. Whereas like the anti new year's resolution gang, you know, it's an easier side to be on because for us, it's like, it's just another day. Yeah. If you want to change something in your life, just do it on a fucking Tuesday. Well, that's July 2nd. Yeah. You know? Yes. I have though. I, I am like generally an ant. I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. I feel like I'm generally anti just because what I don't like, I, any person who can do it, I love. What I get worried about is people putting the, like all of this pressure on themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had New Year's resolutions that I have, like in 2020, my New Year's resolution was to make sure that I, I'd like kind of get, gotten off of reading consistently at my New Year's resolution was to make sure I read every single day, even yeah. if that was a page. And I've now that's I've done that since twenty twenty. Yeah. Like I've at yeah. least read a page every single day. That's great. Um so I mean I guess there are like things, but my New Year's my New Year's resolution was I did have one, but it's very broad. I said I wanted to take care, better care of myself, my home and Beth, who's my fiance. Yeah. That's it. That's fair. Yeah. So I set that was like a specific goal, but I usually just am like I guess more like I set like intentions for the year. I'm like, these are like. My favorite resolutions are I'm going to continue doing this. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, like last year I had a really good time doing this. This year I want to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's like to me, I I don't have resolutions, but I am to, I just do start it. I'm just like, this is the year where any, I can do whatever I want. And like my resolution is like, just I'm free. 
Just like nothing matters. You know. Whatever I do this year, I can do it. Yeah. I've been getting to that vibe a lot more with birthdays too. Yeah. Mm. Like birthdays, it's like, why is it you have to get something done before you reach a rotation around the sun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm in my 28th rotation around the sun now and I'll be in my 29th come November. Yeah. And it's like, oh, because I didn't do this by my 30th rotation, you know? Yeah. I, I did something wrong. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it doesn't matter, you know? And I feel like that's another thing people put pressure on themselves and a broader sense of like, I got to get this done by the time I'm 25, this done by the time I'm 30. Yeah. Not into that. Not into that. We don't, we do not stand. People survive on the earth and an unknown amount of rotations. Yep. So don't think about your rotations. No. Think about the rock you're on. It's not about the, um, I forgot what I was going to say. And thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming to the New Year's birthday corner. Yeah, I'm New sorry. Wait, Charlie, Jeff, no, this was right. good. No, this was good. Back to um, the movie. Back to the so actual, the they're at party. a New Year's Eve party. It is weird because like Bob Hoskins and Cher have a, have that big fight. Yeah. And then the next scene is just like they're dressed like pirates. The yeah. New- there's a there's a there's a there's a clearly a time jump, but we don't know. Like, I yeah. think so. It's, right? it's like it's like sea themed. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I guess. Yes. It must Cher's be. dressed like a mermaid. Yeah. Um, Hoskins and, is a pirate. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm blackmaid, and I am. Ah, shmee. So after midnight, they kiss. Oh wait, no, they don't. They do. They do. They do. But it's they like kind of like they don't like yeah. have like this like you know passionate yeah. kiss. He it's he asks of, her to marry and move in with him. Yeah, and she's like, mm-hmm. and she says no. It's gonna be a no for me, dog. Uh, because you're still legally married to your wife. Fair, and fair, also, fair, fair, yeah, fair, and also, fair. I, I don't want, I don't need you in our family. I'm happy to have you now, and then, but then we'll move on one day. Mm. It's like kind of brutal. Yeah, but, that's um, that, at yeah. least they're honest. From where she comes from, it's an honest answer. Yeah, though. it is. Yeah. It is. That's how she feels. You know. But um, Sheriff's car doesn't start after the party, so she rides home with Joe, um, who drops her off at the house. At this point, Charlotte comes to the window and sees Joe pull up with her mom. Mm-hmm. And then sees her mom get out and make out with Joe. Um, and is she's like, what the fuck? Is it a full make out? I thought it was it's just... It's a pretty... It's, a, it's, it's in between, I would say, a make out. Yeah, yeah it's, a, a it's like it's more, a it's more than kiss. a kiss. Yeah. It's a more passionate kiss than she had with Lou yeah. at midnight. Oh, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I'll say that, but I don't know if I'd call it a make out. And, and yeah, you're right, Jeff. Like, Winona gets super Yeah, pissed. she storms yeah. out and starts yelling at her mom, who's really drunk. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, who cares? It, it doesn't just matter. A kiss. Just a kiss. Yeah. Yeah. It's New Year's. It's just a kiss. Yeah. Joe doesn't say anything. I don't think. I think uh, Joe's just yells, like. Ooh, she. <laughs> but Winona yells at Joe. She's like, yeah. he. She doesn't. She'd kiss. She'll kiss anybody. She doesn't care about you. You're not special. That's oh, what she says right. to him. Well, yeah. he's like, and he like drives away. Yeah. She's like yelling at them for that. At Joe does like the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Matthew McConaughey crying in the truck driving away. Exactly. Wait, can I go backwards really yes. fast? Yeah, There's a scene um, uh, adjacent to the New Year's party where Katie um, and Charlotte are sitting outside, and Charlotte tells Katie about um, New Year's resolutions. What do they come? Do they set New Year's resolutions in that scene? Do you know what I'm talking about? They're like outside on the bench with a little like red blanket. My memory is not. That's fine. I was just like, did they set New Year's resolutions? I was thinking about it while we were talking about New Year's resolutions. The one scene I'm thinking about that we might have missed was Katie. In the new year, I will be more faithful to you, Lord, and I will get so much dick. I think, <laughs> I think maybe Katie just says that like she wants to just keep swimming or something. Yeah. 
Because I, I think that's right. Go right, something like that. Continuing which, what you love. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, but one scene I'm thinking about we might have missed was I think it was a dinner scene with Katie, Charlotte, um, Lou, and Cher, where Katie says like, you know, why why don't we have Lou live with us, or why don't we? Live that's with right Lou? before the fight because they it's yeah. the be- that's the same scene that's the bedroom. Yeah, and then because she was like not, and then she comes, Cher comes to the house, and they've made dinner. Like remember, um, yes. Charlotte makes dinner, and she's like, "Where the hell did you learn to cook?" Yes. And she's like, "Home ec," and yeah. that's that scene. And then yeah. after that, the, actually, the dinner scene is then. And so that's good that you brought that up because that's actually what ignites then the fight, yeah. right? With mm-hmm. um, Cher and Lou. Yeah, yeah. What's her uh, name in the movie? Mrs. Uh, Flax. Do Ra- we ever Rachel. get her first name, Rachel? Rachel. Okay, but we're, we're I don't think calling. we ever hear Rachel though. I think they maybe say it once. I think um, Bob Hoskins might say it once. Okay. Um, so a few days later, um, Ray, Mrs. Flax is out of the house um, for a nondescript reason. She's at work or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlotte decides that she's just going to like go full Mrs. Flax mode mm-hmm. and puts on her mom's outfits and does her hair like her mom mm-hmm. and starts drinking wine mm-hmm. like her mom. Mm-hmm. And she has a cigarette dangling. Mm-hmm. And Katie, who's also there, she's like, can I have some? It's like, you can have a little. And we see Christina Ricci. Such a good Oscar-worthy performance. That was so fucking good. Just <laughs> grab the growler and just like chugging it back. Yeah. Like yes. just knocking back glasses before so Charlotte's good. able to turn around and notice. Yes, that was really, really good. And she doesn't even do like the little, the common little kid drinks alcohol and coughs up. Like, no, no she, she downs it downs like it. a fucking champion yeah. <laughs> like she's yeah. like it's great juice because yeah. it kind of is yeah. uh so charlotte is a little drunk katie is very drunk yes, yes. uh and, and they, they, they decide outside. to walk up to the convent yes um and then charlotte says she's gonna go up to the top of the bell tower katie doesn't have much interest and he's like well katie get home safe and so Katie kind of just starts wandering off and she's playing looking on for the, rocks. She's looking for she's rocks. She's looking for rocks. On the ledge of the waterfall. Normal place to do it. With us knowing that she's drunk. Yes. So yes. like you guys were probably also there. I was also there and all the audience was probably there of like, oh, she's going to fall in. Yeah. yeah. She's dead. It, and did you think it was going to be like fall in dead? Or uh, I like, thought she was going to die. I thought she was going to die. Instantaneous. Yeah. I totally thought well, she was going to die. Well, I thought she was style, die. I, like, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. And so... Uh, Charlotte goes to the top of the bell tower and finds Joe there. And they have sex. Yeah, and they have sex. She loses her virginity to Joe. In the and be- she in is the rightfully punished for it. Yeah. No. And I, was, I, said, I said to Becca, I was just like, wild first uh, losing your virginity story in a convent bell tower with a guy while your sister drowns while to your death. Sister drowns. <laughs> in, a low, in a water creek right below you. Have you guys, I'm sure you didn't, did either of you watch um, The Secret Life of an American Teenager? No. no. Or do you know anything about it? Uh, not really. Okay. I, I just, I would like to bring up one thing that this, this really reminded me of. And I was very scared we were going to go there, but we didn't really. Um, one of the characters in that TV shows, it's all about, it's all about teenagers having sex. Like that's really the whole premise the mm. main character gets pregnant at band camp. And then the whole show is about teenagers having sex. But one of the girls is very Christian and, um, you know, I'm going to save myself, whatever. And she has sex. And then her dad dies in a plane crash like the same day Mm -hmm. and she is like 
uh, the reason my father died is because I had sex. <laughs> and I was really scared that that's where we were going to go in this, this movie. movie. That's yes. where I thought so, too. Yes. Like, the religious trauma she's yes. about to experience yes, here. Yes, I was like, oh, no. But, yeah, so she, her and, her and Joe uh, do the deed. They do the deed. They do the deed. <laughs> Sorry, the wrong button. <laughs> I was uh, trying to hit the... Uh, was like, hi, hi Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> they do the deed, and... They only get about halfway through before all these nuns start running. I'll be like, oh, my God, there's yeah. a child in the water. Yeah. 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 Uh, and at what point does does she, does Cher come home and realize they're not there? Like, what's the. So the, the, the chronology like is like, um, we're intercut between the sex and Christina Ricci's face underwater. Drowning. Drowning. Very. Um, and then um, Charlotte is like, here's all the nuns screaming. And she gets up and sees all the nuns running towards the water. And Amelia clocks what has just happened. And she runs down. like, oh, my God, Katie, no. Um, Joe gets an ambulance. Um, and Charlotte rides with Katie to the hospital mm-hmm. in the ambulance. And it cuts to the waiting room. Yeah, she's in the waiting room. She hasn't gotten any news yet. And that's when Cher shows up. Oh, yes. And just walks down. She's being escorted by, like, a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cher basically ignores. She just looks at Charlotte and then goes in the room for Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, while mm-hmm. Joe takes Charlotte home. Mm-hmm. And still at this point, it's like the movie hasn't quite answered the question of like, is she alive? Is she dead? Because mm-hmm. I'm sitting back and like, I, I don't know for sure either. Yeah, I didn't know. For me, it was like she was underwater for a long time. She didn't die instantaneously. Like yeah. She didn't like fall in, hit her head and drown. Mm-hmm. She like fell in and couldn't get her head above water and drowned. I'm doing quotations. So for me, it's like, OK, so she's either dead or She's still alive but not doing well. Um, and it wasn't until like later when the movie like finally kind of answers that where she's in a coma. Yeah. Um, Charlotte visits her and is just like praying that she'll wake up. Yeah. I had no idea where the movie was going to go at this point. Yeah. yeah I was like, I really, there's yeah, a I, million options for how this movie can end. And I'm really glad it yeah. took the op that went the direction that I it kind did. of clocked. I was like, I'm pretty sure Katie won't be dead because they had all that emphasis on her, like, learning how to breathe underwater earlier. Yeah. And I was like, that, that, this feels like the logical payoff to that mm-hmm. is that she survives. Mm-hmm. But, like, the tension of, I think, like, the real dr- drama of the movie is not katie's death it's what katie's near death does to charlotte and her mom's relationship yeah 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 um, because Cher does come home to get clothes mm-hmm. bob bob hoskins calls and warns charlotte that she's coming mm-hmm. um he's like she's okay she's gonna be fine but your mom's coming back um yeah and and the door opens and Cher walks in yeah mm-hmm. and it's i can't remember how it starts but it's Im- like immediately brutal yeah, it's oh, like yeah. it's that's a good scene. Yeah. Well, it kind of I, I've been thinking about this since you brought this up, Stuart. It's I think she actually, you know, they fight, but I think she does kind of do the thing where she's like, "I'm so mad at you. I can't even talk to you." And that's when Winona, when she's like leaving, remember? And when, yeah. And like Winona's like, "I know that I messed up. Like I get it. I yeah. know that I messed up. I feel terrible. But like you can't just ignore me." Doesn't need, she say like, "I'm have not to have invisible. a conversation. You have to talk about it." Like. I'm not invisible. Like, you have to talk to yeah. me about it. Yeah. We never talk to each other. We have to have this conversation now because this is the last chance. Yeah. And and, and, it, es- and it escalates. It escalates. Then I, I can't remember, like, all the jabs that are being yeah. thrown, but it, essentially it's like, you know, I can't believe you were so stupid yeah. and leaving your sister and, like, what are people going to think? And yeah. 
she says like i know i made a mistake it's like it's and she says like but you can't just keep running away from these problems like you always do Mm -hmm. and it's like and essentially she something 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 happens and Cher says like people are going to think you're a tramp or something yeah. and she says it's like well they already think about like, that about yeah. you yeah and Cher slaps, slaps her. her yeah she, yeah she's the town like they'll think you're the town tramp or something and she's like the town already has one yeah, yeah that's honestly good clap back the yeah. good but, clap back yeah, yeah. yeah and immediate hard smack in the face yeah, yeah. but Charlotte just kind of sits down to cry Mm-hmm. And Cher's getting ready to leave. And she just pauses and, like, takes a breath. And it, this really does feel like an authentic way that these things end. Yeah. is like, yeah. it just gets to a point where there's no more screaming to be had. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what, what, what can I say to you? Yeah. What can you say? Yeah. What, what, what does this? Yeah. yeah. And Cher kind of, you know, finally accepts her role in this family and comes back and talks to Charlotte mm-hmm. rather than running away from a kid's problems, just being like, oh, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. She finally is like, I have to be the mom now. Mm-hmm. I have to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's another, not just their friend. There's another thing, too, that I feel like is important is that Cher is like m- trying to make her pack up to go. Yeah. She's like, we're leaving. Yeah. Because that's why she's oh, like, they'll, yeah. think, they'll think you're the town tramp. Like, we can't stay here. Yeah. And... So and Charlotte like refuses. She's like, I, we're I not. I want to graduate high. I school. I want to graduate high school. I want to stay. Yeah. And they, she does. That's kind of like she's. Get, th- they agree. Yeah, that's the reconciling that's the, moment. Right. It's like, okay, like, can I'll we give, give it. it one year? Yeah, and please. She's like, okay. And then she also asks, "It's like my dad's really never coming back, is he?" She's like, "No, no, no. there's no chance. No. no chance." She's like, "Has my dad ever even seen me?" And she's like, "When you were four, he wanted a formal divorce, so yeah. we saw you then." Yeah. It's just kind of is crippling to Winona because she's always like had these thoughts fa- she's never had a real father figure and so she kind of filled the hole with like jesus <laughs> um and th- these visions of her father that she believed to be mm-hmm. and i guess the movie's like kind of like jfk it was supposed to be a father figure to her but it never really like develops on that one mm-hmm. well and she also asks it's like what was my father like and she says for the two minutes i knew him it was very charming mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. just that he, he was nothing special yeah he was just he's your father and that's all he is um no more no less yeah um great scene but yeah, charlotte does it's, so it's incredible scene the acting in both both yeah. of them just kill it in that scene it's and so i good. think you know going back to the beginning like share taking like authorship over this movie really elevates a sequence like this because mm-hmm. this really feels like share and winona put the work and the time into not only you know acting the scene but making sure it felt felt authentic yeah in their blocking in their performance in the writing of it yeah like they didn't go with a typical Hollywood, you know, shouting match. This yeah. has, you know, this its own arc. It's like a three act thing in and of itself, mm-hmm. which is what would have happened if it was truly directed by a guy. Yeah. Yes. I think. Like, I agree. In a, in a in a male sense of like, yeah. okay, how does a, a daughter and a mother argue? It's like, well, they just. I'm, just using, I'm using their terminology, but it's like they would just bitch, 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 bitch at each other. Totally. Sl- hands would be thrown and yeah. like hair would be pulled and yes. that's it. That's how yes. a man yeah. would think about a and mother daughter. Yes. And that's why I was so surprised when I saw yeah. it as a male director. But then Jeff saying that it was really Cher's movie that yeah. really makes it. Yeah. Makes sense it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they agree to stay in the town for one more year. Yes. Um, but that that's when we basically like we start wrapping the movie up at that point. Yeah, Katie wakes up Katie and wakes she's up. fine. 
And she has a little bit of a hearing issue in her like left ear, I think. Something like that. Something like um, that. It's followed up by a great joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like they're on the porch and Cher pulls up in a car and I think she asks, it's like, what's that? Did mom say she was making a main course? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then she gets out and it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Followed up by a really good joke. Uh, Bob Hoskins is still like involved in the family, mm-hmm. but it's not like it doesn't tie it up with the whole like they get married and he moves in bow. No. It's more like he's just involved with the family still. Yeah. And I think that's like, I think that was actually a very smart yeah. way to do it because it was like, you know, Cher's worries were not like unfounded and it's right. not like crazy for her to just like not want to marry this guy that she's not been with for that long. But like the real issue was like her ability to open up emotionally, right? Yeah. And like let him in yeah. emotionally. And I think like that's the resolution you get is that like she's more open yeah. to him and her his involvement in her life and his involvement with the kids. Which but, I credit to Cher because in the in a male directed movie it's like cut to wedding scene. Yes, totally. You know? Right, totally. like we yes, see that 100%. in almost every single Hollywood movie. It's 100%. like in the in the in the falling resolution voiceover narration. It's like, and then Mrs. Flaxen Lou got married, yes. and then he moved in with us. Like, but it doesn't do that. No. And yeah. so again, more authenticity. Yeah. I love the idea that like they keep Lou in the picture, and like they he's like kind of becoming their surrogate father, but he's not part of the family yet. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we get to end this movie. I mean, <laughs> I do want to say she decides I transition from Catholicism to Greek mythology. It's yes. <laughs> like, I'm really into Greek. And and then just reading the, like, the tragedy of Icarus, which and, I think is great. And it's the same bit from the very beginning of the movie when Cher walks in. It's like, we're not Greek. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. And then what's like the final like image of the movie? It's the, it's the dance scene. Isn't oh, it's it? the dance scene. And they're dancing. I think. Yeah. I don't know what the last like frame is, but. Or the last image, but right yeah. are they dancing in the kitchen? Yeah, they're dancing in the kitchen, um, and they they listen to um, "Happy for the Rest of Your Life," um, which is a great song. That great song, and I love that scene. Funny enough, I watched the Fablemans uh, the Spielberg movie last week, which also uses this song, and then this movie is the song. And this is the only two times I've ever heard this song. Wow, <laughs> it's just the interesting! Song. And I watched them both in the same week. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, the three of them just dance to the song and it's just a sustained shot from like the kitchen door of the three of them just having a great time as they make dinner together and they're actually cooking like a real dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like the family has really repaired itself and I think mm-hmm. it's just a lovely fucking ending. Yeah. 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 It's so charming. It's so heartening. Yeah. And it's it just... And it's being, well... And it feels well earned. Yes. Yeah. We The movie put the work into earning a happy ending. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I was just very, very joyed. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah. I was I was a fan. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's the end, that's of, the mermaids. end of mermaids. Uh, no actual mermaids involved uh, were no. hurt in the making of this production. No. Yeah. Uh, what what do we what do we think? I mean, we kind of already said what we thought, but what do we think after mermaids? Like what, what was what do we think is special about this that we haven't already said? Hmm, that we haven't already said. Um I think that it is a I mean, obviously, there are a lot of movies about, you know, mothers and daughters. Mm -hmm. um, And there's a lot of movies about, um, you know, like teenager coming of age, all of those things. But I think that it flips some tropes Mm -hmm. and it also just is very like just feels very genuine and real. And so it has that like both of those things kind of working with it for it, I think like this, like both like let's flip some tropes on its head but also like 
let's delve deep into some of these like yeah. these tropes that have been done, but that like let's just like be really yeah we real can, and we can still do them, it. but we just have to be honest about them. Yeah, yeah. Because um, some tropes are real; they're things that happen. They're things that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought it was a really special, yeah, special movie. Much like Lou, it's never afraid to shy away from honesty. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I really loved it. I thought it was great. I really liked it as yeah. well. I really liked it too. The movie smartly navigates a lot of themes and a lot of threads, but in a way where it doesn't leave out deeper pieces. Mm, totally. Um, I'd say like besides like the JFK bit, like every theme that the movie tries to explore reaches a nice, like deep fulfilling level. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do mm-hmm. for a movie that has as many themes as this one does. You know, yeah. Jeff, you say this a lot and I think it's kind of like become your motto on the show that a movie is about a lot of things. Yeah. Movies are about a lot of things. Movies are not about one thing. Yeah. And this movie is about such as life. This yeah. movie is about a lot of things. Yes. And um, like you can you I mean, a, a simpler mind would just like you can narrow it down and be like, oh, it's about a mom and a daughter, yeah. a, a mom and a daughter repairing the relationship. But like it's about religious trauma. It's yeah. about like coming of age, sexuality, uh, being an older sister, being a younger sister, being a mom. Like what's it like yeah. to be a male moving into that yeah. kind of family? Like so many of those things. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can never just say you, you can always say like the movie is about this because, yeah, of course you can. In a plot but, sense. Yeah. Or like but like you can say like this movie is about a mother and a daughter because that is that is correct. But there's not just about that. It's yeah, about so many things. So and where and some movies sink better, and some movies swim with that idea. Mm-hmm. Some movies like have and give equal time, and like try right. and really pay you know some service to all of the things. Mm-hmm. And where the B and C tier movies move up to A and S tier is where they're able to treat every theme with enough grace that feels fulfilling. Yes, yeah. and it's one of the rare movies that does that. Yeah, very absolutely. Well. I would say too to add to that. Um, I think takes being a a teenage girl um very seriously yeah and i really appreciate that um because i think a lot of movies of that time um or even now that are centered on some similar themes um kind of make make being a teenage girl the butt of the joke and i think that though it is very funny and there are some very funny bits in the movie um it takes being a teenage girl um, and all that sure, that comes I, with very, you know, very a, a movie seriously. that came out this year. Oh, um, <laughs> right. No, uh, I was going to draw another movie parallel, but oh. you go first. Um, that you and I saw is Are You There, God? It's with oh, Margaret. I love Are You There, a God? It's with Margaret. A very similar movie to yes. this in a lot of respects. Oh, that just so that good. takes this this stuff seriously. Yeah. Isn't afraid afraid to have like some contradictory and difficult relationships. Yeah. But overall, it's just like just kind of a joyous movie at the end. Totally. Yeah, um, I think those the, that's that's a movie that's very much in conversation with us. Yes, I really agree. I was gonna say, Charlie, have you seen Now and Then? No, the, another Christina Ricci. Another Christina Ricci movie. Uh-huh. Okay, that, that that's with Brendan Fraser in one scene. Brendan Fraser in one scene. Okay, good scene. And we sort of even self described it. I don't know if it's a fair or good characterization of it, but to kind of really dumb it down to one thing, it's Stand by Me for Girls. Okay. Uh, in in a way though that like does, I think. Treat it with respect. It, it, that falls into, like, in my opinion, like somewhat of a B tier only because there are certain themes and threads it introduces that doesn't fully, like, give the honest, deep, fulfilling fleshing out. Yeah. Um, but, like, I will say in one example, like Christina Ricci's character, um, her in that movie, small spoiler, like, her mom passes away, like, you know, off screen, bef- like, into the beginning of the movie, she has a mom- mother who passed away. And that's the thing that really, like, kind of digs into that mm-hmm. and brings it fully out. And so, 
yeah i don't know i just throwing that in there of like as in like a movie that introduces something like that treats it with the respect and has like a nice yeah. fulfilling ending of that I'll um, check it out. And it's Christina Ricci. And it's got Brendan yeah, Fraser. Do you want to know the thing about that movie is? What? I'm just going to roll his eyes when I say this. But the thing about that movie is like it's set over two different time periods. And Christina Ricci is the young version of this character. And the grown-up version of this character is Rosie O'Donnell. Um, who puts wow. no <laughs> effort into like trying to be like Christina. It's still She's still like fine in the movie. But it's basically like Christina Ricci is this young kid. It's like, yeah, it's me. I'm Christina Ricci. I'm kind of depressed. And then it's like, cut to the modern day. It's Rosie O'Donnell. She walks in. She's like, hey, how the fuck you doing? And you know, it's me. It's Rosie O'Donnell. How you doing? All right. So what do we got over here? We got some, we got some, O'Donnell's. we got some, oh, some carrots, some carrots. Are you anyone eat some carrots? All right. You know, just from the Bronx or something. <laughs> it's like every scene is, has that energy. <laughs> every scene has that energy. And it's so funny. <laughs> just how much you're just like, there's no connection between these two. That's wow. What a crazy casting decision. Okay. Fascinating. But yeah. Um, that's what I got. Um, very much love this movie. Yeah. Comes out. Um, it's like a modest, modest success. It's like pretty good reviews. That makes when sense. Nona does get a Best Supporting Actress nomination at the Golden Globes. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but this movie, you know, even though it was successful for her, this is kind of the, she comes out of this movie like, I don't want to play this character anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, I've said my piece. I said this near, at the beginning a little bit. She said, I've said my piece with like kind of the alienated outsider teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I think, is the last I can do. Um, I'm going to tell my agents I don't want to get any more of these roles. Mm-hmm. And I only want to be in adult stuff from here on out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's a really... Big swing. Yeah. It's a big swing. But I think the gratification she gets out of this role, like the good notices that she gets from critics and awards... It does help her in that effort. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, she has not been half-assing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's time, like, if she really doesn't want to be doing this anymore, it's time that we, like, pay respect to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, she gets that nomination. She takes two years off um, mm-hmm. after this and Night on Earth, which we talk about next week. And then she comes back with Bram Stoker's Dracula. And it's off to the races for her. She's getting an Oscar nomination in basically a year and a half. Wow. From that point, that's my girl. Uh, you know, we're we're very happy to be to be talking about her, especially at this stage in her career. Jeff just turned just the lights just, on with oh his my, phone. What the fuck? I did. It was getting pretty dark. <laughs> it was like, getting pretty. Dark it was getting now. really dark. But I was, I was hoping like, to do it without having to address it. But sorry, no, that's fine. <laughs> I, was, I was startled. <laughs> it was a little startling. Yeah, Stuart, you want to see something funny? Always. Yeah. Whoa. There's I made that made the light red. Is that funny? It was a little. Was funny. that funny? You have a, you have a smart bulb. <laughs> I do have a smart bulb. You know, it's amazing how like that is like not really wowing to us, but if you bring somebody from like 1940 into they would this fucking room, die. They, they would, would be have a heart attack. <laughs> They'd be they like, like "You're Satan." <laughs> I always like the idea that you, if you give a a peasant from like 1419 uh, um, a Dorito, it's more extreme nacho flavor than they'll ever experience in their life otherwise. <laughs> potentially kill them with one Dorito. Oh my god. <laughs> or like giving a Victorian child a Baja blast. <laughs> Sending them oh. into the stratosphere. Oh man. But no, I think I think that's all we got. Right? That's all I got. That's all oh, I got. Hell yeah. Alright, well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode covering mermaids. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking about Winona through this career. We have one or through this era of her career. We have one more movie we're grandfathering into this era called Night on Earth. We'll be talking about that next week. It's a Jim Jarmusch movie. 
Um, I'd recommend listening to that episode. It's going to be a good one. Uh, we'll have a fun guest on. Um, Stuart. <laughs> All right. Um, as always, special thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in next week. <laughs> oh my god, all the lights are fucking turning on. Uh, <laughs> please remember to rate, review, and subscribe whenever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we're available on Spotify, the podcast, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Blue Sky, Threads at Trolting Pod, Reddit, Trolting Podcast. Um, just r slash trolling trolling podcast gmail.com if you have to email us anything find me on twitter at jeff w sweeney anyone want to plug anything nope just vibing no i'm good all right and then finally special thanks as always to rebecca johnson for our graphic design Ooh. and michael van bodegum smith for our theme music which is not bringing you out right now because Stuart has some share going uh, but thank you folks so much see you next week for uh, night on earth have a good one